0: Hi, I'm Brent Feldman, and we're back today with another episode of Mix and Matchbox. Today we have with us Noriko Iwasa, and she is the chair of the Department of Art Design and Art History at Webster University, and we're very happy to have her on the program. Hi, how are you doing, Noriko?
1: Hi, friend. Thank you for having me.
0: (laughs) Definitely. Thank you for being here. Uh, I've actually known Mariko for a while, and uh, we're actually just recently at a happy hour together and finally happy to put this podcast on. I know that we had had it in the making for a little while. So definitely. Thank you so much for uh, for joining me. but I guess I'll start out with a, a pretty, hopefully straightforward question, even though I know that uh, that, that you might have uh, plenty to tell here, but um, how did you get into the design field? And uh, and basically, how did you find Webster University?
1: Okay, so I hope this my story, personal journey is interesting enough and entertain people to think about just some strange Japanese girl came to the United States in 1992 to study English at the college. And I was just gonna get, probably getting like a business degree or something, but after ESL, somebody told me like taking art class and math class in United States is easy A class. I was like, okay, I'm gonna take some art class. But what I never thought about is like art education in United States, it's so different from Japanese high school art education. And it got me thinking that, oh, I can do this. I'm kind of good at this. It was a really weird realization. I never thought about art to be part of my education in a college level. But I think our instructor professors are very encouraging and uh, made me think that something I can do. And also at the time I was learning English and I was having a hard time communicating in more than one on one kind of yeah, learning English and living in the United States and somehow Drawing was a good communication tool for me. The people were like, oh, Noriko, you can draw. I was like, "Huh? <laughs> I can communicate with people in drawing. And then it was a time that Photoshop was first came in, like small little bitty Mac was coming up, and then all the instructor didn't know how to use it either. Not in a, you know, disgrace way, but we were all learning how to use computer as a tool of art making. And then I learned about the field of graphic design, And I went to School of Art Institute of Chicago and met my mentor, Kaleen Nikitas at the time, she was there and fell in love with typography and what, you know, possibility that design can do. That was my, yeah, fascination. And then I went to master program in Minneapolis College of Art and Design. And then I worked for Duffy, New York, uh, in New York, and then came back to St. Louis to be with my husband, who is from St. Louis. And then at that time, it was right after 9-11. I, I left New York one week before 9-11. And as you can imagine, everything shut down. So nobody was hiring in St. Louis, even though uh, I made a really great connection with core advertisement people, and they gave me place and station to work in and started to do some freelance work out of their office. Um, I was looking for a full-time job. And I saw that AIGA had the posting from Webster University, assistant professor. I I never thought about it. Oh, I always thought I wanted to teach when I get really old. I don't know, really old. (laughs) But I think I was at that time like 28 or 27 then. And I was like, I don't know. But I'll just apply for practice and I got in. So ever since then, I'm here.
0: That's great. That's awesome. Well, and uh, it's cool because it's a, you know, winding story and you never know where like, you know, mm-hmm. things might bring you to but, but yeah, definitely. That's actually how uh, I I met you for the first time and definitely through actually one of our students, uh, or actually one of your students, actually our intern. Oh, boy, back in 2009. Uh, yeah, so yeah. Yeah, it's been a few years, I guess, which is great, though. And it was it was great to kind of get in contact you uh, with you then. Um, and a- as you were, you know, and are, uh, you know, a design professor, um, if you weren't doing this as a career, uh, you know, and kind of inculcating the next generation of talented designers, um, what do you feel like you would be doing?
1: So let's see.
0: See, I was going to go
1: to, yeah, I had to think about it, Um, but I do, I am, in. if I weren't a professor, I would probably wanted to be a full-time designer, and as it is, and I just continue to be a designer because that's what I like, but if I were, kind of, have a choice right now, I would love to make a school for Japanese heritage kids in the St. Louis area. That would be kind of cool, but again, I don't have money, I don't have anything, but just kind of thought about it, yeah. And I would love to go back both in Japan and do something to kind of bridge, yeah.
0: Yeah, uh, honestly, I I feel like you know the cultural things are really helpful for St. Louis too. I know that like St. Louis in general stresses on like you know the, our German heritage and stuff, and like you know I know that there's there's plenty of resources for that. I think that would be, uh, you know, for kids here in the area uh, that are looking to explore their heritage and stuff. Yeah, that's neat. Yeah.
1: And I think I just wanted to be clear about that too. Like there is a fantastic school, Japanese language school at Webster University, and they have um on Saturday students come in. It's uh based on the Japanese government uh curriculum and they do really such a great job. But I think more and more for people who has who doesn't speak Japanese at home, but mm-hmm. in have the heritage, like let's say your family member.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Even your yeah. kids can command that even if they don't speak Japanese at home, but have parts Japanese and interested in. I think it's kind of like learning language, it's giving you um, confidence in your identity about who you are. So I think that's kind of not about just learning about the language, but kind of giving them confidence, confidence building for the stu- uh, kids with Japanese heritage.
0: Mm-hmm. It's kind of
1: interesting too. So uh, yeah. It's not about perfection, it's more about giving them tools to go by in midwest
0: Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah. I I, actually it's it is you know interesting you say that too because like uh, I think the first time you had met my wife was uh, you know and like discovered that she had Japanese heritage (laughs) you were so excited and stuff too and (laughs) it is something that like you know we also want for you know our kids too Mm -hmm. um, to be able to discover and learn and it's actually it's really cool when I hear my own a child you know pronounce words in japanese and like you know getting the like row or like you know the the syllables and stuff like correct it's yeah. it's cool and yeah. i feel like there is there's such a pride in it so yeah having more spaces like that would be wonderful yeah 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 um well cool if um what would you say that you know you've learned from teaching students that you wish you knew when you got into the field um
1: yeah, I think that was kind of funny question. I was thinking about it. But the <laughs> first thing I was thinking about is teaching a college or university is not just teaching three courses a week. I just didn't even think about it. That like you have to do advising and you have to work on retention, you have to do recruiting and you have to do like Oh, there's a lot of things, the workload's expectation higher than I expected. And then on top of that, you're expected to do a research project, you're making your own work too. So to me, like finding the balance, like at first I thought what they expected me is to work in, in an agency full-time and then teaching full-time. And I just overdone it. Like I just quickly learned it's too much. You cannot you cannot do both and mm-hmm. keeping client. Yeah. And just working it's just I couldn't have done that. So I have yeah. to kind of shift my uh, gear to research project to be not working in an industry but doing more art oriented kind of project based, um, yeah, independent work. Yeah.
0: That's very cool. Um, do you think, you know, that there's any misconceptions about what a design career is or isn't that you'd want to help dispel and so you know whether that be agency work whether that be corporate work yeah is there anything that you know you think people think of as designers and you're just like no it's not that
1: <laughs> can, I, can i define the people as students
0: yeah yeah yeah. That's,
1: yeah yeah i think in the art student or design student tend to think business is evil on okay okay i re- refine this business has no soul Mm-hmm. And somehow the hate to go corporation or hate to go because they feel like it's evilness would not work with you. I, it's something about like that misconception I have. And I try to tell them, find a good company with a good mentors,
0: mm-hmm. Go
1: interview. And you are being interviewed, but go interview them. What do they do? Look at their clients. And is that the kind of work you want to do? And I think it's just... Students don't know what's out there, but they keep hearing that's so bad, evil, and I don't want to work there. And kind of hit got really big. So I love speaking with business owners like like you and talking about your future and what your intention is. And a lot of them are really interested in mentoring young talent. And that's something that students don't know about kind of scared this bridge. So my goal at my work is to bridge this gap by connecting people and design can't bigger than what we think that's yeah yeah that would be the misconception yeah
0: i i really appreciate that because like um wow you know like as i feel like there's idealism when you're in school and stuff (laughs) and you want to think that like you know you're just doing art and good things and for good sake and stuff and, and that you don't want to be repressed with your, you know, sort of like, you know, creative intentions, I think you're, you're totally right to think about like, you know, who are the people that they are doing work for and it's all in who you do work for, or who, you know, are you mentored by. And I feel like that's so important for, you know, students and people prospectively, you know, maybe in that sort of career field to know that it's not all bad. <laughs> and I feel like that's, mm-hmm. that is, that's so important to, to help you know understand um mm-hmm. so as I'm sure you've had many, many you know proud moments in teaching um you know, is there anything that is kind of like a a moment that really stands out for you um and and you know, is it is it more or less and I can clarify, but is like is it more or less a process or is it kind of like when you see them sort of like you know leave and are off in their careers like what sort of moments for you mm. really sparks? pride in your students
1: so you're talking about alumni or student in a school could
0: either, <laughs> it could be either way whatever sort of
1: makes you see i have so many stories so just like kind of. oh funny. yeah but it, it's funny i don't know can i name drop on this one name oh sure can name it yeah
0: absolutely okay
1: so, okay, now now like I feel like tested when she graduated, but I know that Katie Coughlin, in, she's an interactive designer at Toki. And uh, right now she's doing successful work. She's doing wonderful job. But I think I remember the time that she was nominated to be participate AIGA Commander X on season six as a contestant oh, wow. and seeing oh. her in the AIGA conference in Las Vegas. And she was like the last, last one female on the stage. And cheering for her, that was a really proud moment.
0: <laughs> That's so cool.
1: And That's the cool. background story is she's always a shy one. And she's so she's so smart and everything, but she was a really shy one. And then she was on the stage with so many famous designers. on. The, uh, I, it was kind of, yeah, that was a proud moment. Yeah, That's
0: but, really okay, but
1: I told you that I didn't want to like name drop one person. But when you just asked me that, I was like, yeah, that was a good one. Yeah. Well, like I was thinking about... Yeah. Um, when I talked about design is bigger than you think what it is, I have an alumni who was recently named so 40 under 40 St. Louis, under the St. Louis Business Journal, and he is a, his name is Quinton Ward, and he's a senior ma- manager of Metro Market. And he's also going to be speaking at Adobe Conference this year. And then he doesn't brag about it, but like those are the, yes, it, they are proud moment. We have a restaurant owner, Tony Garcia. He owns a Saucy Polka. He just recently graduated in 2019, but he took the restaurant design class and he really got into idea of like managing a restaurant with well, Daniel Fumhoff, MFA, Micah. And... Um, he went to MFA and also he's a director at Apple and he teach design fact as a design faculty at Parsons in New York it's just okay I'm gonna stop this because I just not going to I wasn't going to do this but like I have a lot of successful notable alum that I am proud of but most importantly like when I am proud of them is when they come back and say Noriko do you need anything we have a design alumni advisory board started during COVID and we just get together and talk on how we can improve our design program. And those, you know, alumni, well, they're not getting paid or anything. They just wanted to pitch in. Those are moments that is very, to me, successful alum, when they come back and see our seniors and giving their time mentoring them. It's a proud moment that kind of, I like this building community from Webster and they are reaching out. That is a really proud moment for me
0: that's great like the uh the the generation that is kind of like already had their time coming back helping out and stuff and that is that's wonderful to hear that there's so many and i feel like what is really about what you get to see is that there's so many diverse sort of career mm-hmm. success paths you know it's not mm-hmm. necessarily just linear and no not all students end up in an agency per se or not all you know students end up at you know a company it's like that you know there's so many like yeah that they're you know being in a restaurant and stuff and finding a way through that through design is um is mm-hmm. really is really cool that's awesome um Wow. So, uh, I guess it, it's kind of bridging on that, but, um, what, what would you say, um, are some of the most interesting positions some of your students have taken after school? I know that you've mentioned that, you know, you don't necessarily want to just call out, you know, people that have, you know, gotten, you know, sort of high up positions, but, um, that, that, you know, what What are what are the most interesting paths that you think that, you know, have been taken?
1: See, I think I already repeat this one. I'm sorry. But I think it was like, yeah, Quinton Ward that was Metro Market was always kind of interesting because he always talked about the community building when he was in school. Mm-hmm. And he is actually building a community of people by going to grocery store, groceries on a bus. The idea of, like, helping the people who doesn't have a grocery store nearby Mm -hmm. and actually going to the area, you know, how great is that?
0: That is really cool. um, And, like, I think you had mentioned something about, like, design in you wanting to see people in design positions in successful you know, sort of like in companies, in leadership positions too, as we were talking maybe a little bit earlier, but that wanting to see people who end up in leadership, but have an MFA or something so that uh, mm-hmm. that they actually understand the design side of things and end up in in sort of a p- position of prominence to, to help lead with maybe a different vision too.
1: Yeah. And I think it's just something about um, – design is like we teach about critical thinking skills and we tackle the problems in a holistic way. So I think it's interesting how our students can start managing Mm -hmm. (laughs) or um, thinking the problem differently, bringing another different perspective to the table. And I think it's really interesting, like I'm probably like mashing up all your questions together, but I think it's really exciting to see our designer to be in the leadership figures and how more and more designer in that leadership figure and decision-making area change i think i'm interested in i'm so excited about what our alum is doing What designer can do in this industry it's it's an exciting time and i think especially after covid things are changing mm-hmm. and i think a lot of people fear of changing but designer are um not feared i think we designers are no exciting is not the right word but taking the challenge mm. to heart you yeah. know
0: cool cool okay um i i'm sure there's many ways to shape an answer to this and this you know uh this could be an interesting but but you know how have has the industry um design as a whole i know that it's like not necessarily an industry in and of itself but how have you seen it change over your either your time as a professor or you know as a professional
1: design has been changed so i think after COVID, we are all trying to figure things out i think mm. and companies mm. seek with university for recommendation of good students or I think it's more than pre-COVID time. Like, they come to us more. And I think we are all suffering to retain good workers. And I guess it's called big quit or something, talent. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, everybody, Mm -hmm. yeah. Like, so it's very interesting to me to hear from industry what their needs are on student. And then also hearing from a student what their expectation for the industry. It's a really exciting time. Like how, not the negotiation, but like where we're going to meet in the middle. And I remember that a lot of... In this, when we are, in, you know, student, not, not you and me, same age or anything, but like, you know, we used to do the free internship and we were expected to do internship for free. And we are, you know, sometimes it's not even creative, but we did it because that's experience, called experience. But now st- imagine the student who work full time, going to school full time, working, you know, making money full time, 40 hours a week. They cannot afford the internship to do it for free. Mm-hmm. And I think that uh, we have really fantastic director of internship program at Webster University. And she and I really believe in student need to be getting paid for internship. So we do communicate with the industry leaders. And also we do talk about financial aid office. And we do have a work study eligible student to have an opportunity to work for the community based internship. So students get paid and nonprofit organization will be able to participate this financial aid work study slash program so like we're trying to like kind of meet in the middle in a way that student need to be paid but the company who can afford to pay you know $15 an hour then I will beg
0: Uh uh-huh that is such a good point and it really it's changed for us is like we used to take on interns and even myself I was an intern Mm -hmm. and I was one of the lucky ones who got paid I got $8 Mm -hmm. an hour and I was ecstatic uh, that I had actually gotten paid at my internship as opposed to it being, you know, just free. Um, yeah. and, and I do, I think you're totally right now. Like I would never take on an intern at our company without anticipating that we would be paying them, you know, uh, it would just seem crazy and definitely and paying them $15 an hour, it's something that, you know, they could actually do something on. So many students have situations where they're, you know, working and like to not provide them pay is like one of those things that I'm so happy at has changed Mm -hmm. i'm so happy that it like seems to have level up the respect for what interns can Mm -hmm. provide um -hmm. i i you know just from my point of view oh my god we've taken on some wonderful interns and they brought in such new ideas and creative thinking Mm -hmm. uh yeah and 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 their contribution was so valuable so you're so right yeah that is that's something that has changed dramatically i think Mm -hmm. in uh in over the recent past too
1: and I think that's the role of the university to communicate with industry about hmm. students, but yeah. also same thing. It's kind of bridging the two gaps and how to bridge. And I think that's what we do really well.
0: Cool. Yeah, I, I agree. Cool. Uh, okay. And then, um, you know, with design, everybody's approaching from, you know, kind of like a different perspective. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, we are communicators we're making pretty pictures we're compelling people to think um what is the most powerful tool um that you think you're able to send your students on their way with
1: (laughs) so like i was telling you that this sounds like a crochet and i kind of but it is the critical thinking skill our student uh has been asked a lot why why'd you do this What's the reason behind, what's, you know, why? And then they are also powerful to be able to ask question why and questioning the norm. I think that's one of the powerful tool our designer, our design student has, and also the network. And they are not hesitate to ask for help, advice. And I think it's really like when you tell the student, oh, you need to start a network and then they get really scared. Mm-hmm. why do i have to talk to strangers right i would hate that we have a lot of introverts so like i try to be kind of bringing more um alumni mm-hmm. that's somebody who went through the same experience and let them share their experience so connect with them first and you never know that person might you know connect with another people so like that kind of thing that we do and i really think that's the yeah what i can do at university level to give them critical thinking skill yeah.
0: That's wonderful. Um, boy, and one of the biggest things that we look for is just like somebody who's a good thinker, you know, at the end of the day, you could be a super talented artist, but unless you're like, you know, mm-hmm. able to ask the right questions to get to that right, you know, goal, yeah. you know, sometimes it's, you know, it's yeah. it's maybe not enough. So, wow. I, yeah. We do give them skills, though. I don't want to say like, we
1: do give them skills. But technology changes. Like, yeah. you know what when we yeah. are students and to now it's everything is changed. New program come up and we have to learn when it comes up. So I think those are the adjustability. Adaptability is really important for students to kind of ab- be able to grow even after they graduate from school.
0: hmm Definitely. Cool. Um, all right, one big question: why does the world need more? designers <laughs> this is this is the final question but um i know that that yeah i know there's probably a good answer to this and i can think of things but i'm very curious <laughs> as to what you think about why the world needs more designers
1: yeah so i think i kind of touched on that before but um i read that recently i read the article from lucio tenazas in aig I design and she is a professor in california college of art and she's talking about um, will it ever come to pass in my lifetime that the CEO of a major Fortune 500 company was someone who has MFA in design? And then she talked about she that is her goal. And when I read it, yes, that's what I was kind of thinking about that why don't we have more designer in a leadership level? And if when there's a designer who would think things more holistic way, and if there is more people who can look at the problem, tackle the problem in different way, then I think we can make more. <sighs> okay, okay, let me go back. <laughs> we can push things forward. I think that's, I want to end it that way. I think, but cool. wait.
0: <laughs> okay.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think like I, I've been thinking about when I've been told a lot of time, if things is not broken, why fix it? I think that is a good mentality to have sometimes, but it's not designers' mentalities. Designer examine the surroundings and designer examine the context and content and designer improve every year. So that's kinda yeah, even if it's not broken, we can always improve. I think that's something the designer's mentality. And when you people talk about change, that scares a lot of people. Because I'm not talking about changing anything, but it's more elevating our lives little by little. I think that's, I'm going to end that.
0: <laughs> okay. That was great. That's wonderful. Uh, I I agree. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. Well, that, that is perfect. I really appreciate all, you know, not only your time, your being here on the podcast, but definitely all these thoughtful answers and stuff. Um, and certainly just like general encouragement that, yeah, we do. We need more great thinkers and stuff and design and need more designers in general. Um, just because, uh, yeah, I feel like they're so valuable to helping us think more about, yeah, like you mentioned, like the world around us and how we see things. And yeah. yeah. So, thank you so much for being here, Noriko.
1: Well, thank you for the opportunity to talk with you on the podcast. It has been fun. Thank you. And I'm looking for the next opportunity to drink with you.
0: Yeah, definitely. I can't wait to go out and do another happy hour. (laughs) Well, um, thank you. Well, this has been another episode of Mix and Matchbox. I'm your host, Brent Feldman, and we will be back soon again with new episodes.